0: Hi, I'm Patricia Cornwell, and you're listening to the Dinner Party Show with the wonderful Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn.
1: I went to a marvelous party.
2: Most people don't even know the facts. They go with their gut. Don't have enough. The glass cares about is money.
1: Christopher. This is only going to work if we speak one
2: at a time. Fine, you first, Eric.
0: Tonight's live cast is streaming to you live and for free through the DinnerPartyshow.com and our free mobile app. And now, direct from the kitchen, by way of the Get Out of my office! It's your hosts, Christopher and Eric! <laughs>
2: Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice, and more importantly, je suis Charlie. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and je suis Charlie. And you are listening to the Dinner Party Show's live cast for January 11th, 2015. And tonight we will not be discussing Catholic League President Bill Donahue, who took time out from cheerleading for pedophile priests to accuse Stéphane Chaubonnier. Charlie Hebdo's slaughtered editor, of being responsible for his own murder and that of his 11 colleagues.
1: That's nice.
2: While Donahue offered up a reluctant condemnation of, quote, killing in response to insult, he went on to accuse the magazine of promoting an intolerance that provoked a violent reaction, (sighs) and he described the freshly murdered editor-in-chief as a narcissist. Why? Because the man once had the temerity to say, quote, Mohammed isn't sacred to me. (laughs) Donahue's statement was not only a love letter to terrorists, but a bold expression of his own belief that he has the right to murder people who don't share his faith. Really? Meanwhile, we here at the dinner party show anxiously await the Department of Homeland Security's extensive investigation into Bill Donahue and the Catholics he claims to represent. Here, here. We look forward to seeing them subjected to wiretaps, persistent harassment, undercover agents placed inside their houses of worship, and a general suspicion and disdain among the media elite whenever their names are mentioned. Don't forget the no-fly list. I won't. Failing that, we'd like to see the great internet culture of shaming and personal destruction. Turn away from whatever gaffe Madonna just made on social media and level its tweets on this man, Bill Donahue. That's his name. Let's all wear it out as we make sure he never lands another national media appearance again.
1: Oh, yes, indeed. Well, (sighs) on a somewhat lighter but certainly a serious note, very, very serious, we have no opinion about Justin Bieber's new Calvin Klein underwear campaign and whether or not that is or is not really a picture of young Justin or just an idealized oil painting of who he and the makers of those underpants (laughs) want us to think Mr. Bieber might actually be. We will say that Justin's decision to have his trainer make unsolicited on-camera testimonials as to how well-hung Justin is (laughs) raises more Ah. questions than it in fact answers, like, have you boys picked out a china pattern? And we would also like to take this opportunity to confirm. Congratulate the CK brand on actually trying to make their new spokes model look older by adding hair and other signs of physical <laughs> maturity. And for the first time in recent memory, successfully skirting those pesky charges of child pornography that have plagued so many of their previous ad campaigns. Finally, Though we might not be talking about Mr. Bieber's underwear pictures, we make no promises about whether or not we'll be looking at them.
2: Right, Christopher? Yeah, well, hey now, hey now. Okay. Uh, um, We will also not be discussing the news story about a boa constrictor. Oh, my God, really? I read this week because if we do discuss it on the air, Eric will fly off the Good handle. My God, why would you bring that up? Because and... he hates snakes as much as I do. Oh, and it's a more. really scary news story. Absolutely. And I'm trying not to think about it. Because but there's I... a snake keep thinking about it every time I'm reminded of oh something my God, stop bringing that it was up. in the news story because that something is in my house. But I'm not going to say what What's it is in my house, house They keep oh reminding God. me of the story because Ugh. that would be as good as actually telling the oh story on the air with Eric sitting next to me. Would
1: you just leave Freaking
2: out as he is now. So we're not going to talk about any news stories we read or didn't read this week involving boa constrictors. Stop saying that. In San Diego. That's all That's I'm saying. That's walking distance. That's all I'm saying because we're not distance. talking about at slithering distance. Ugh. Just uh, Google it if you want to know more. Ugh. All right, all right, we're done with that. Slithering, you said slithering. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Oh. Further. <laughs> all right, girl, get it together. As upset
1: as we are about that, we cannot find words to describe our feelings about the behavior of Atlanta area Fox News contributor and radio host Eric Erickson, who declared a terrorist victory just hours after the horrific attack on the French magazine Charlie Hebdo, in which 12 people were brutally murdered in cold blood over the publication of a cartoon. (sighs) We would be troubled by this conservative radio dipshit's sense of timing had the inbred windbag been talking about the French tragedy, but he wasn't. In the wake of this unspeakable terrorist horror in France, this bigoted asshole actually declared it a terrorist victory when now former Atlanta fire chief was fired following the chief's surprise publication of a book supporting and explaining his religious intolerance and anti-gay beliefs. In other words, the terrorists he was talking about were gay people asking for equal rights. Girl. The chief, it turns out, was not in fact fired for his beliefs, mm-hmm. but for distributing his anti-gay books to public fire department employees and for not advising his employers of the controversial publication in the first place. But this incompetent radio pinhead didn't let the facts get in the way of his unwarranted and untrue remarks. He just lied as he declared the firing a terrorist victory while the rest of the world was mourning an actual terrorist attack. (sighs) Once again, right-wing morons don't seem to understand that the right to free speech does not guarantee freedom from consequence. Or us. So, Mr. Erickson, just to clarify, we support your right to call it a terrorist victory when a bigoted and religiously intolerant public employee is fired over his efforts to proselytize at public expense. But you should also know that we, too, have the right to say what that with ignorant, bloviating fuckwits like yourself on the public airwaves, who needs terrorists? (laughs) So, while we may not be able to find the words, we promise to keep looking. (laughs) As for everything else, it's still on the table on The Dinner Party Show's first live cast for 2015. You're listening to The Dinner Party
0: Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come.
2: Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and I'm still all aflutter over that... Snake story that you don't bring up. it up again if you don't want me to tell the How story because something's forget? gonna slip and you, you know what's snakes. gonna happen. And don't go to our Facebook page after the show because somebody who's listening right now is gonna go find the story I'm talking about and post it to the page. So don't, don't go, well, they will now. Don't go review all the love letters people write about you during our show. That you're just gonna have to find your validation tonight in another place. What are you doing with that tin of tea that we were sent by the lovely Simon Exton from the UK? Did somebody back over it with a taxi? Cab? I don't know. Why it arrived in the condition that it did. Simon, if you're listening, we want to thank you. It went, you sent it to a former publisher of mine who just now sent it to me in a condition I would describe as deplorable. Deplorable. It looks like a Mack truck backed over this tin mm-hmm. of lovely uh, Twining's tea. And I must say, Twining's tea in the U.K. gets much better packaging than it does here in the U.S. There's a lovely lady in a pink dress <laughs> on the side of this. And, and uh, since I've lost Eric to the machinations of this broken tea tin, I'm just going so to keep tin talking about what I'm seeing in front of me because it's radio.
1: our tea tin. Yes, and we would also like to apologize to people who we oh, haven't fuck. acknowledged because the, 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 the mailbox place that we had misfiled our mail for a while and we I went in the other day and suddenly got a whole bunch of so thank you so much for all the cards and sweet things that you all have been sending for a while we didn't realize we had gotten them because They were somewhere else.
2: Party people, I was calling Eric from somewhere else. I don't remember where I was, and he was all verklempt because he had spent the last hour going through your lovely notes and birthday cards and holiday greetings and all sorts of messages we didn't know that you had sent us. A copy of one of Samiko Salson's books. Uh, Luna, I think is the title. It's a maybe it's a werewolf book. I should do my research before I mention Samiko's books on the air. <laughs> I think we heard from Samiko this week. Did we? Yes, we indeed. we did. We Simico were that had a big week f- for the end of the show. We have a little surprise. So we're not from going Simico to talk about Salsen. it now. We don't want to spoil the surprise. I'm sorry I brought it up. I really am. Would you just shut up? <laughs> I mean, just, just, shutting the fuck up here on the dinner party show. That's with right. We're just Rice. going
1: to sit in silence until the end of the chocolate. show, and then we're going to surprise you with something.
2: Tonight is you're the guest Holly holiday. holiday hangover edition our party line 323 pez cdps is always open for your voicemails but this week we solicited your holiday uh highlights and low lights as we're calling them but first before we forget because we always talk about other stuff we want to talk about and then we forget there is a certain television show coming on the learning channel that has eric shaw quinn and myself although i I always hide behind eric on these things all on Twitter and the title of the show is Eric tell us My
1: husband is not gay.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've
1: heard about it but there's I think you can go sign a petition to ask TLC not to air the goddamn thing. It's it's so unbelievably well it's offensive but it's also I think irresponsible of TLC to to air such Here's the the basic premise is it's a group of, I think, Mormon gay men who have gone ahead and married a woman anyway, but they're gay. They've admitted to the woman they're married to, and I guess to themselves and other people, um, that they are in fact attracted to men sexually, but they decided to marry a woman anyway. I think that's a personal choice, and everybody gets to decide about their sexual status for themselves, but I think it's really irresponsible of a network to air something that suggests as the I, the title com- proclaims the it. Com- it doesn't suggest it the completely you know? debunked ex-gay society has and philosophy right is,
2: reparative therapy which is is has been fact, discredited is right in
1: fact a real possibility it you know like you can't like the example that i had was what if i wanted to do a show about My husband is not black. And it was about a man with very fair skin who was a black man, but who was passing. I mean, really, we don't do genetic tests. You just check a box on the form so you could say, right? Or my husband is not Latin or Hispanic or whatever. Like, like that would would be so offensive that people would be shouting the place down. It's offensive and it's dangerous to tell people... Young people who are having questions about their sexuality in the still very murky waters of the world mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you can just go ahead and marry a woman and the whole gay thing will just go away.
2: Uh, yeah, I I agree I with I just you. think that's so
1: incredibly you. irresponsible of TLC to do it. It says that being gay is bad and you can recover from it. Like, It gets back to that whole question of, is being gay a choice? And if it is, I want all heterosexual people who believe that being gay is a choice to tell me when they decided to be heterosexual.
2: Yes. Like,
1: when did you decide to stop sucking dick and be heterosexual? If you didn't, then it's not a choice, and neither was it for me. Yeah. It just it makes me it just makes me
2: crazy. I understand, but you nail it a lot of the times with these people because what they really did do is they are gay. They did make a choice. I'm putting in quotation marks to stop sucking dick. And they believe that they've been quote healed. I'm also putting in quotation marks. And then they presume to lecture the rest of us as if they are straight people who who have this sort of consciousness and awareness of how sexuality works when the reality is they're liars and hypocrites in closet cases who are expecting us to live the same frustrated, stunted life that they're living. And to them, I say, fuck you and go get laid by the person you actually want to sleep with. And stop deceiving your family. Like, we're crossing over into that territory as well. Like, there was a time when society was so intolerant and so bigoted that there was a a, a sort of aura of forgiveness around the closet. And that aura of forgiveness and complacency around people remaining closeted into adulthood now is starting to go away. You're you're, You're starting to come under fire in a sort of renewed way, I think, if you choose to live in the closet simply so that you can make more money. I'm not really interested now at this point. In fetting the coming out of any more Hollywood actors who chose to spend the last few years closeted so they could get good roles and a lot of money. Yeah. And then when that starts to peter out, it's, oh, I, I, I want to attend the Glad Media Awards and, and, and get an award. And it's like, yeah, you didn't enter the closet under the duress of the 1950s. You entered yeah. the closet because an agent at CAA told you to because you weren't going to land a gig on a CW show. Anyway, we could go on a whole show about this, but yeah. we, I think the show is premiering tonight. I on the t on tLC,
1: or I hope that TLC has come to their senses and they'll be airing, I don't know, looney Tunes yeah. or anything more sensible and yeah. responsible than this.
2: So shifting gears to our holiday hangover edition of You're the Guest. And we, to the
1: 11 of you who are not watching the Golden the, Globes the, the ele- Although
2: maybe you're watching one of our conti- – we uh, repeat the show on, for 24 hours, and then the podcast will go up later tonight, and, and we have a sizable podcast audience. I'll throw that in. J.K.
1: Simmons apparently has won for Best Supporting Actor for Whiplash, and Joanna Frogat – I'm not sure how to pronounce that, has one for miniseries for supporting actress in a miniseries for Downton Abbey.
2: Downton Abbey. So we'll it's keep you posted as we go along. Excellent. Okay, we have a voicemail on our party line for the Holiday Hangover edition from
3: Karen. Hi, this is Karen. My Hi Karen. brother-in-law asked for a McLaren P1 sports car. That's a $1.5 million sports car, I mm-hmm. think, and two 25-year-old supermodels. So I found him a remote-controlled McLaren P1. 25th anniversary Disney Barbie doll, and that's what he got for Christmas, and (laughs) he loved it. Thank you.
2: Let's talk about, what is this, a McLaren? You, you, pretty you, brilliant. Do you, you know this about a sports car? What is it's, it, a McLaren? It's this really
1: fabulous Mercedes. I think, I think that's right. I think I'm right.
2: You sure you're not thinking of a Maybach? Because that's the really, that looks like no, a No, this is
1: a sports coupe. Oh, okay. This is one of those things with the doors and the... You
2: know. <laughs> yeah, I wish everyone could see what you just did, DeLorean doors with your hands. Is that what it does? Yeah. The next model of the Tesla is supposed to do that as well. It's like a sort of a small, mid-sized SUV I, Tesla. I've always
1: wondered why that's supposed to be an... Advantage.
2: They depict it as an advantage for loading groceries in a crowded parking yeah, lot. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking for yeah. with
1: my, with my Mc, McLaren, uh $5 million <laughs> Mercedes sports coat.
2: I'm going to be buying groceries in the south of France during my yeah, vacation. That's okay, it. Mike from Chicago. Hi, hey, Mike. Hey, Christopher
1: and Eric. It's Mike from Chicago. Happy New Year. Happy uh, everything New Year. went well here uh, for the holidays. I hope yours did the same and no one had a hissy fit meltdown crying, Jag. Well, Christopher, you never did say if you wanted me to pick up a ticket for you for the Donut Festival here in Chicago. Oh, Let me know.
2: <gasps> when is the Donut Festival? There's a Donut Festival? Listen, listen, listen. I'm on a diet. Linda, Linda, listen. <laughs> Linda, I, Linda. I am trying to lose some of those holiday pounds. I am, I am. Linda, I listen, oh, hey. listen, listen, listen. You, you listen. As as I can Linda, see it from listen. Here. <laughs> You had to point yeah, to it. I have lost nine
1: pounds since last monday
2: that's fantastic how'd yes, you do it I eric shaw
1: quinn Metafast.
2: Metafast. yes we we are not sponsored by Metafast. let me just say but that we could
1: very well be I but could be a we are welcome
2: to, to anyone who wants to sponsor this show who isn't actively responsible for murdering people <laughs> yes, or extracting minerals from you know poor indigenous people right. um that's going to rule out a lot yeah, of sponsors really right gonna, there. Yeah, that's really going to narrow it down. Okay, you've lost nine pounds as a result. Nine pounds of since Netflix. Monday. Okay. Nine
1: pounds since Monday. Now, part of it was also I stopped eating like a complete pig.
2: We it, ate like fucking I am kings telling you. Like, over the holidays. I was the best. Yeah, well, we had a great Christmas. I
1: ordered an entire case of Walker's mini mincemeat pies, and I just heated them up and had them with butter and whipped cream <laughs> periodically <laughs> when I needed a snack. It was great. So, part of It was, I just stopped eating like that. But the manifest thing is really... I will keep everybody... It's my plan to keep everybody posted on my progress.
2: I... a long way to go, but... I have showed up tonight for the show in my gym clothes. But he was
1: going to wear his regular clothes and change here. But
2: I didn't want to get shit from my co-host, Eric Shaw Quinn, if I change I I but I so I said I was going to change after and he said well I would more I'm more likely to make fun of you for changing after the show than actually just showing up in your gym clothes You know
1: that nobody on the radio can actually see what we're wearing. Well
2: I posted a picture on Instagram at your suggestion because you brought in those oh so whimsical New Year's glasses and uh, so we did a picture of those, and then it was revealed that I was in, and I don't even know what the fuck this. An thing is. Adidas t-shirt. It's in Adidas. like. He, like it's Christopher. Stretchy.
1: Christopher described himself as being dressed like a hooligan. This is a hooligan who shops at high-end workout stores.
2: Listen, I haven't gone.
1: The yoga pants hooligan.
2: I haven't. Gang. I haven't gone. How are we doing on time, Brandon? As Eric gets more bitchy. <laughs> Do we have two and a half minutes for Eric to pitch in? <laughs> Yes,
1: I've got other things to say. My my favorite wait, wait, part wait, wait, of the story no, 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 is you believe that, wait, wait, that wait. you're going to be able to get out of me giving you shit at any point well, by believe, doing one thing.
2: I believe that's what I said. I You said, oh, I, would, I wouldn't make fun of you for that. And I said, darling, you could make fun of me for anything. I mean, that's really why we're doing it. And then I pointed out that. that I would make fun of you for changing clothes
1: after you got here.
2: Yeah, but where Eric makes fun, there is always fun. That's a rejected tagline for the Dinner Party Show. Also a rejected title for our show, We're Still Bitches. <laughs> That's what everybody else calls That's it. That's what everybody They're else calls bitches. it. They're still bitches. Yeah. Um, I want to say on the high end, and I'm so glad we are spending so much time discussing our holiday voicemails from our guests. Um, <laughs> there is a <laughs> high We're talking about our holidays, too. We, we are, and I keep forgetting to mention the, uh, the refrigerator drawer full of chocolate-covered cherries that always exists at my mother's house and that I, I have been thinking about that late at night as i transition over to a snack of turkey and mustard which is my trainer approved late night snack not to
1: mention the boxes and boxes of jensens coconut cream pies yeah
2: and i got to tell you one of, one of my favorite things and by favorite i mean least favorite things that my mother does at the holiday time is serving some delicious food and then announcing it announcing that she received that food in the mail from a total stranger <laughs> That's my favorite thing. Did she? I don't remember anything. I think being... that happened again this year. We just didn't react to it. All right. We will be back soon with more. Uh, not soon, but very shortly. <laughs> We're taking a three hour break here on The Dinner Party Show. Oh, good. I'm going to go have my roots done. <laughs> we have more voicemails from more party people and more stuff to talk about. But in the meantime, here's a short break and a word from some of our
1: sponsors. (laughs) I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And
2: I'm Christopher Rice. And why are you looking at me like that, Eric? Well,
1: I just finished reading The Flame, your first erotic romance, and I must say you know a lot more about a woman's body than I thought.
2: Thank you, I guess. I don't actually think you're the best judge of that, but whatever. I'll take the compliment.
1: Truth be told, there are... All sorts of bodies on display in The Flame, whereas Christopher's body is usually on display on his Facebook page. All right, come on now. The Flame is now on sale through thedinnerpartyshow.com and at Amazon. It's the passionate tale of a magical scented candle that helps the person who lights it follow their heart's desires. So that's what we're calling
2: it now. Just finish before you Mm, ruin the promo.
1: Ryan right, Promo, how could I possibly do that? You mean by singing this song again like I did the last time?
3: Erotic, erotic, I'm put your hands
1: all over my body.
0: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot,
2: but the heads are hotter. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Happy New Year. So checking in with our folks on Facebook, Bill Hone on Facebook says, Witty discourse on Bieber, but the people who posted the wimp pics admitted they degraded the image to make him look bad. This I actually saw today. Sorry, but Bieber bashing is not called for. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Bieber bashing? What? When were we Bieber bashing? I, that, this reminds me of a tweet from earlier in the week where I said, Let's stop the hate is not an appropriate response to someone who doesn't like your favorite TV show. Um, but, yeah, I saw that earlier today. They, um, The people who – there were, like, the side-by-side pics that people were circulating. I didn't see them. There was one that was, like, the, the CK ad, and then there was one where his muscles looked slightly deflated and the package was a little smaller and all that sort of stuff. And the people who posted the second set of pics admitted that they were totally full of shit. And I think they admitted it in part – because Justin Bieber's attorney got in touch with them and told them to. So there you go. That's the latest in uh, Justin Bieber news. Yeah.
1: I'm sorry. And there are people who are tuning into our show who think that we're not going to be making fun of people.
2: Yeah. I, this is a new thing. Like, this is – we talk a lot like, about this. Don't listen anymore. Yeah. But, like, we talk about this a lot on, on the internet. Like, um, everyone who disagrees with you is not a troll. Like that's there's this new thing of like everyone who expresses everyone everyone who expresses a different opinion from you on the internet is not a hater and a troll, you know. And I don't think there was anything that I would knowing what gay bashing actually is and bashing in general actually is. I think most of what people on the internet describe as bashing is just someone saying, "Yeah, I don't like that thing you like very much," and I think that's okay personally.
1: Not liking that thing that other people like so much. So yeah, yeah, we're sorry if people are offended, but you know we would point out you're listening to the dinner party show we're yeah. here to offend you
2: well also i would point out that we do, we don't really invite that level of criticism like i think it's fine if you if you don't like our show it's fine and i think you're free to move on but we don't interact we don't go out to our party people and say Um, would you like us to speak differently? Would you like us to not be Christopher and Eric? Would you like... And there is that mentality now on social media. I think it it crops up a lot in book reviews, and I know my mother talked about it, particularly in online book reviews, where people act like you should have produced or created the thing that's in their head. Like, you should have produced... And there is a sense, increasingly, I think, among artists... I believe that's called
1: narcissism.
2: Yeah, and it's it's increasingly... It happens, it makes artists feel like unless they attach a pipe directly to the side of somebody's brain and pump exactly what they want into their head that they're somehow a failure. So anyway, obviously that touched off a nerve. And we're having holiday.
1: black tea. Clearly we're <laughs> having black tea on today's production and
2: Christopher's been drinking green tea for the last three weeks. So uh, I was sort of ticking back up to black tea i've i've been sort of if if you've been listening to our show you know i suffered a little panic attack which required a trip to the emergency room over the uh, past few weeks and so i've been trying to dial back my caffeine intake okay we were supposed to have more voicemails from the party line um and i'm talking to brandon in our control room Just hit play. It'll work. I love hearing that. Okay, so next up, we have more messages from our party line. If you would like to call our party line, let me remind you it's open anytime, day or night, 24-7-323-PEZ-TDPS.
3: Hello, Chris, Eric, and Butters. This is Shane Chase from Portland, Oregon, uh, calling to answer a few holiday questions. So let's see. My favorite gift was some wireless headphones,
1: which are wonderful. And my least favorite gift were
3: socks. I'm
1: 34 years old, and I'm still receiving socks for Christmas.
3: (laughs) Perfect New Year's Eve. You know,
1: I'm really all about being with my friends. So, you know, as long as I'm somewhere with friends, I'm really a happy camper when it comes to any holiday. Um, And that is exactly what
3: I did for these holidays. I just spent time with friends, and that's pretty much all that I did. I am curious, how did you guys spend your holidays, and what was your least favorite Christmas gift? I hope you guys are doing well, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.
2: I have never had a least favorite Christmas gift. Oh, no. Okay, that's bullshit. That's oh, total bullshit. Really? That's total Little
1: Mary Sunshine yeah. has never been unhappy.
2: Uh, okay. Let no me... cha-cha heels. No, that was your Christmas. I was getting cha-cha heels, and that's why I was unhappy. You no, know, my mother would shop for items out of the International Mail Catalog and give matching pairs to me and whoever, you know, the boy I had dragged to Christmas with me. That was fun. We have all Aww. these pictures of us in, like, silk kimonos and smoking jackets and that's cute it's very cute like dressing up the pets i look back on it now i listen we were talking about um what a great holiday we had because there were so few people there i mean it was a really scaled back it was really it was a
1: very low impact christmas you guys had been on the international world book tour Um, Your mom particularly, but both of you had been all over the place and been to a million different places. So you, you were worn out. We were worn down. I was sick. And as it turned out, it was just the four of us for um, Christmas, plus two housekeepers to cater to our every
2: whim. Rosie and Veronica, we love you. Thank you for making us have a wonderful Christmas. But we did pull a prank on my mother, which Uh, went off very well. My mom is always exhausted around the holiday time, probably because she usually releases a book in October. And she was saying, can we just have a casual Christmas? We're going to be at home. Can we just make it really casual, really casual? And so I turned to Eric. I said, we should all show up in our pajamas. We should just show up for Christmas Eve dinner in our pajamas. And uh, that's what we did. And she came out of her office and she did a double take.
1: It was, we were, without planning it, standing in exactly the right place, all dressed in our pajamas, just as she came through for Christmas dinner,
2: dressed actually quite nicely. Yeah. Yeah. She had a little choker on, and a, yeah, yeah, it was really. And, and she so, said, yeah. "What? What did she say, Eric?" Tell I don't. I've... She said, "Can I go put my nightgown on?" And she immediately <laughs> turned around and walked into her bedroom and changed into a flannel nightgown. We said, that, "But
1: only if you keep on the Grant necklace."
2: Yeah, excellent. So, Brandon, if I press the play button, we'll hear our next voicemail. Is that what I'm being told by our technical advisors? Oh, I see. Okay. It's very, it's exciting. First day back on the dinner party show. First day of 2015. So, but we're ready to hear the next. Are we ready to hear the next song or do we have time left in this segment to talk about our least, fav- least favorite Christmas geek? Um So uh, we asked people several questions. We asked them what would be their ideal New Year's Eve, which Shane Chase just answered. Um, well, what about you, Christopher? What would be your ideal New Year's Eve? I have to say everybody gives the sort of heartfelt response. My ideal New Year's Eve would probably be with a group of friends on some kind of tropical island or at some destination where it's, the, it's sort of the first hour of the new year. You know how it starts at the international dateline in Uh the Pacific. So Palau. Palau or Bali or Australia or something. I know I'm going dramatically further east every time I name a new location, Mm -hmm. but something like that. Uh I like I like being out of town on New Year's. I'm not a big partier. Um, you have a lovely little gathering at your home that I attend, and we shoot off as many fucking confetti cannons as you can buy at the store, and then we spend three hours sweeping up the confetti out of Greater Christmas Village. It always cracks me up that you all are immediately, within seconds, they start cleaning up the... Yeah, I
1: hate New Year's. I think it's the stupidest holiday ever. I I would like being at Palau pretty much with a group of friends pretty much any time, or Australia, or all those other places you name, but I just think... A new year begins every night at 12.01. I just don't understand what the big fuss That's is. so zen. If You're so zen. If they didn't drop a crystal ball in Times Square with two million people, nothing would happen at all. Really, nothing happens at, at midnight. Like, it's such a theoretical thing. Like, it's not even the same year in, I don't know, Memphis as it is in New York or I don't know where the, the break is. New Orleans as it is in New York, you know, I, or, or Los Angeles. Like, it's already for we watch a rerun
2: of I New years at my television at i my know house. and that's what's annoying about it we have a set we have you know we feel no, it's, like but that's it's, what's ridiculous west about coast it. inferiority complex because everybody has new years before we do and we're last and by the time it gets to us we already know that there were no terrorist attacks. I make all of
1: my favorite foods and invite some friends
2: over to. And eat. it's, let me tell you, it's good fucking food. Mm-hmm. It it's is good. really good. And you it know is food is good. It's really if good. Somebody's going to drop an F bomb in Dirty the Dirty
1: rice and gumbo and collard greens and Hoppin' Johns and cornbread. And yeah, it's really, it was it's yummy. And so, you know, like if people show up, great. And if not, more for me.
2: Excellent. All right. We will be back shortly. We have a little music break here on The Dinner Party Show, and then we'll be back with more of your voicemails from our party line and all sorts of other good stuff.
0: You're listening to the Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Let's dish.
2: Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice and I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and we have more voicemails for our "You're the Guest" holiday but hangover first, edition. Winners
1: from the Golden Globe. Oh, Apparently, right. Fargo beat the Normal Heart, which is why would the. Fargo and the Normal Heart be in the same category. That uh, doesn't make any sense. One was to like me. a movie and the other was a series, but Billy Bob Thornton won, so I like him.
2: The Normal Heart was only on one night of the week, right? It was a two hour movie, it right? It was a movie. Like I Fargo don't understand. Fargo was a limited series. Well I
1: don't know how limited it was, but yeah, I mean it was, you know, thirteen episodes or something. It was That doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense at all. But mm. apparently one beat the other. Anyway Who else won? Uh, I don't know, but Margaret Cho has apparently showed up as Kim Jong Un.
2: Okay, that's that's something that can be done. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> good for her. All right, good for her. I, you know, like it's—I know it's challenging to find something to wear to the red carpet. I, so right? why not go as uh, why not go as dressed up as um, world leaders or characters or unpleasant
2: dictators? Unpleasant—it's unpleasant dictators week at the Dictator Golden Globes. Duds.
1: My father and I were going to do a whole line of designer wear, but with different um you know pinochet and
2: <laughs> yes absolutely well they had a nehru jacket had, right he wasn't these, really a dictator these, but no
1: but they had all these fabulous names so right debusson yeah. and then pinochet and he thought <laughs> we could you know have designer jeans D- dictator duds we were going to call
2: dictator them. duds i love that all right let's see what we've got on our party line it looks like we've got excuse me we've got a little frog in my throat from uh, this black tea we're going nuts on here greg wilkie on our party line
3: Hey there, Christopher and Eric. This is Greg Wilkie from Chattanooga, Tennessee, calling to answer your question about my idea of the perfect New Year's Eve To me, that involves pajamas, hanging out with the person you love the most, bad TV, maybe a board game or two, a midnight kiss, and then straight to bed. Love the show, love both you guys, and all my fellow party people. Take care.
2: (laughs) Oh, Greg, Greg, it's good to hear from you, and it was good to see you uh, at the uh, Vampire Lestat Ball. Yes, absolutely, the The Coronation Ball. I I knew you were going to come out with the correct title. I flubbed it up there. Yeah, you know, I guess that's the perfect New Year's Eve. There is something to be said for being home and in bed while the rest of the world goes crazy. Well,
1: you could be in pajamas and going to bed after a goodnight kiss at midnight in Palau. I mean, it doesn't make any difference. It's just the idea of trying to stay up and pretend that something has happened that I just find ridiculous.
2: Yeah. What was really ridiculous this year at the gym that I go to was the last minute desperation workouts. And it was actually a pretty cold day in Los Angeles. New York, You know, freezing in the yeah, low 50s. Plunged into the 50s. Low 50s. But it was like, how many of you people are actually going to be revealing any skin tonight at these nightclubs where you're going to be packed in like sardines? Anyway, I am officially a grumpy old man. I'm telling you. I am what officially a, bitter old hag. a grumpy old man. Bitter old hags. That was the also a rejected yeah. title of the dinner Party I,
1: show. That really is. I think that's what more people call it. bitter old hags. The bitter old hags. The bitter old hag
2: show. All right. Another voicemail. This one is from Jeffrey Morris. Hello, Jeffrey.
1: Hey, Christopher. This is Jeffrey Morris. And I just spent the best time in New Orleans with Jason Dotley, the star of Sorted Lives and billboard recording artist. And I styled his hair for his appearance of Oz And we had a blast. Uh, And I am one of your biggest fans. I love your mom. And I think your show is great.
3: Keep up the good
1: work. We love you, bud.
2: Bye. You didn't mention Eric. Wow, shade <laughs> from Jeffrey Morris. What did I do, Jeffrey? I don't know, but there were a lot of flashbacks in that for me in that. Did you ever uh, did you ever go to Oz in the French Quarter? Do you even know what that is? I Eric don't Shaw Quinn? even
1: know what that is.
2: That is a gay bar on Bourbon and St. Anne that is directly across the street from the other gay bar on Bourbon and St. Anne, <laughs> which is the Bourbon Pub and Parade, and uh-huh. I will say I I wasted a fair share of my youth at those two Drinking establishments, and when I was newly, I was I didn't believe I was gay. I believed I would be gay, <laughs> but everybody else did. Everybody, all the guys who were having sex with me, even did. the
1: people on that TLC television show, believed it. They, <laughs> they said, "Oh yeah, Chris Rice, yeah, that kid." Yeah, gay. my husband
2: is not gay, but Chris Rice. Oh yeah, he's totally. Yeah, and gay. Eric Shockwin, he is super gay from um, space. Uh, so okay, so I believed that if I went into both bars in the course of a single night, then I would be a full-on homosexual. I, I, I thought if I just went to one bar, if I just went to the bourbon pub and parade, I would be fine. I would be just like bi or young. Because it's bar patronage that yeah. determines your sexuality. And
1: that's I really, yeah,
2: it was a, subjected me to vast little, ridicule. That's truth. really, uh, that's a great theory. I love that theory. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's hear Eric Shaquin. What was your least favorite Christmas present of all time? My least favorite Christmas present of all All time? All time. Throughout all your many lives. God, I
1: haven't really thought about it. I really love giving Christmas presents. Like, I love getting presents. So it doesn't really. Oh, I'm sure it was probably some. You know, like there were probably some childhood things. That's a really an odd question for me. Like I, I, I would love to have thought about it because I, I'm sure that I, you know, being the opinionated asshole that I am, that I'm, I'm sure there is one. But I'm sure maybe there are too many. But it doesn't come to mind. Uh, my sister once got me. Um, it, I actually liked it. I still have it sitting on my desk. But she bought me a, a little. Uh, it was a Snoopy. Snoopy was big then. Peanuts. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little trophy that was to world's greatest boss because I was so bossy. But then she freaked out that I was going to be upset about it, so she went out and bought me another really cool Christmas present. <laughs> and I was like, "Why would you think that would bother me?"
3: Mm.
1: Um, like, but that's sort of it. That's a sideline story. It's not really my least favorite. I'm
2: sure I've got some stuff I hated. But maybe the fact that nothing is coming immediately forward in your brain means that the holidays inspire a level of gratitude in you that we should all try to live up to. I really
1: have a. I love Christmas. You know me. I go crazy for Christmas. Anybody who's seen the the site knows that. Greater Christmasville and the decorating and all the but holiday entertaining. I just enjoy the idea of Christmas and the presents. I had to wait three years to get a Crusader 101. I hated that. I can tell you that. What
2: is a Crusader 101? It
1: was this giant... Was about four feet long, remote control, and I'm using quotes because it meant it was this box with this five pounds of batteries in it, with a shifter on it and a <laughs> a nine
2: foot cord that was attached. You couldn't turn to around too quickly, or you'd cut the drapes in half. Yeah,
1: it was really it was there was it wasn't much of a remote control. It was really just a a box with a cord attached to it to the car, but it was, I wanted it for years and it was, I think it was $20 and it was this, Whoa. so it took several years for there to be enough money in the family to get me a crusader one oh one for Christmas. So I was very, very unhappy about that, but that was not getting something.
2: Okay. But, but you know, honestly, I think if, if, and I know you pretty well, my
1: brother gave me the ugliest Christmas decoration, that I have ever seen in my life. About three years ago.
3: Okay. That may
1: be my least favorite. It was really. And it still had the sales sticker on it. From CVS Pharmacy. Where he bought it. So he not only paid a dollar for it.
2: <laughs> but it was hideous. I'll tell you what maybe one of my favorite gifts this year was. My aunt, Nancy Diamond, who I love very much, she lives in Dallas, Texas, which is where my father's side of the family is from, sent me what she told me. She said, I want you to know that I'm doing this. I'm sending you the worst Christmas present I have ever received, and I want you to pass it on. (laughs) It's going to be like a chain Christmas present. and It was a light up Elvis Presley Christmas ornament. That looked like a sort of melted, misshapen jukebox with Elvis's countenance on it, and uh, I guess you pressed a button in the middle and it made a made a thing. But I want to say, for, with you and gifts, you are very sensitive to the the thoughtfulness of certain gifts. You're not about the bling and the flash and the glam. You're about the recognition that somebody actually. Knows you and knows anticipates uh, something that you would like, and that doesn't necessarily mean they roll up with a Maybach in front of your house on Christmas Although morning.
1: I wouldn't be unhappy about
2: that. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it, 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 I I think that's great too. You know, I think that yeah, I am somebody, and I will. I have a I've had a privileged background, you know, and so I had heard that. Yeah, Christmas is was not a time when we were hurting or wanting, and somebody who takes the time to really sort of think of who you are as they're getting ready to buy you a gift as you do Eric Shaw Quinn that's a very special thing you know you can have all the all the all the shiny happy things under the christmas tree that said negating that entire point Thank you, Anne Rice, for our brand new iPhone 6 Pluses, which we are using tonight to stay Absolutely. in touch with Shea Butters. Right,
1: who is telling us that Gina Rodriguez won for Jane the Virgin, which is actually a pretty good show, but I think she's actually the one that I don't like on it.
2: And Transparent won for TV series. If you haven't watched Transparent, it is uh, about how transgender people can somehow end up with truly horrible children. The
1: most awful family in the world.
2: But I some just... of the best performances I've seen on TV in a long time, just trans- unbelievable. And transgendered? I always thought... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he's transgendered. But he wasn't seeking to... I think he's going to begin exploring that. He started exploring hormones in this season. Oh, I guess he I did. Think, I guess and, that yeah. is true. And But uh, Judith Light is amazing on that show. Oh Jeffrey Tambor is amazing on the show. Performances
1: are astonishing, but they're so good and the family is so horrible. The it really became just... almost challenging to watch
2: it is a very dysfunction driven show as much of six feet under was the plots are driven by characters unwillingness to by be the fact good that people. the family sucks yeah exactly all right it's time for a finally a word from some of our sponsors and are revisiting one of our audiobook bestsellers and other good stuff here on the dinner party show while eric Shaw Quinn runs to the bathroom right everybody drink
1: Are you sick and tired of watching everyone else scarf down every deep-fried sugary treat on the holiday table while you starve yourself?
2: Damn it, Susie! How can you eat like that and never gain an ounce? I hate you!
1: Or did you give in to temptation and now you look like a sack full of Kirstie Alley? I
2: can't get my jeans past my knees!
1: Well, the folks at Enters can be the secret to keeping your New Year's resolution to lose those ugly holiday pounds or to enjoying the holidays without consequences.
2: I hate consequences almost as much as I hate Susie.
1: That's right. With Weight Enders, you can eat whatever you want and lose all the weight without dieting or exercise. Oh,
2: I hate dieting and exercise more than I hate consequences, but still not as much as I hate Susie.
1: What's our secret? Botulism. That's right. The same stuff that takes the wrinkles off your forehead can take the cankles off your calves, the saddlebags off your hips, and lower your chin count to one.
2: How does it work?
1: Well, in addition to being a beauty aid powerful enough to paralyze the muscles in your face, botulism is a life-threatening form of food poisoning that will have you as dehydrated as a Victoria's Secret model faster than you can call an ambulance. Oh, science!
2: Who knew you were
1: so useful? And if you survive the treatment, you'll look amazing. And if you don't, who wants to be fat, right? Oh, I don't feel so good. That means it's working. You'll be tossing those Christmas cookies and Thanksgiving dinner before you know it. I can't wait for Susie to see me. (laughs) Maybe she can visit you at the hospital. (laughs) Weight enters for people who'd rather be dead than on a diet. And now, in keeping with The Dinner Party Show's commitment to celebrating literacy and the written word, we bring you an exclusive excerpt from one of this week's best-selling audiobook titles, The Interminable Snowman, by New York Times best-selling novelist and former editor-in-chief of the only Swedish magazine dedicated to covering the interior designs of homes owned by convicted pedophiles, Lusarg Vossen.
2: Chop the 1. Elsa Betia Fruzhen-Glazhen-Wagen crossed the Ugen budelogen Valgusen Bridge, thinking as usual of her knee mutilation at the hands of a mad gang of traffic police who patrolled the verden Lukenschutten tollway It was hard so often to remember being almost mutilated. So hard sometimes she would pull her car over to the side of the road, bring two handfuls of snow to her face, and scream into them until all of the snow had melted. This was why she owned seven different knives which she sometimes used to carve the names of the men who had almost mutilated her on the parts of her skin where she had not already been almost mutilated already. She did not know what it felt like to laugh or smile, and the last man who had asked her to smile had been trying to drown her in a toilet bowl for no good reason so she had vowed never to smile again. And she hated clowns now, because the man who had tried to drown her had been dressed as a clown for no reason anyone could determine. Because, as Elsa Betta had learned when she was thrown out of the house at the age of three by her brutal alcoholic one-eyed father who had made her work in the hard stone polishing factory when she was two, life did not make any sense. It was just horrible all the time. And so the best thing one could do was to scream for a very long time into two handfuls of melting snow and carry lots of different knives in your trunk. Because when life makes no sense, You can do whatever you want and get away with it. Like kill a clown for smiling too much. Which is what she planned to do today as soon as she crossed the Irnagin Serden Splendorblut Bridge.
0: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day.
2: Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. So regarding that last bell promo, I'm not sure if any of you follow us on YouTube, party people, or I think we posted it on Facebook as well. Jenny Johnson, Twitter comedian, visited our show recently and had a lot to say about that promo. And we have posted the video of everything she had to say on our YouTube channel. So and it's check it really out. really
1: great. It was the most cracked up. Literally know. everyone in the entire studio disappeared. There was nobody in the window. Everybody was laughing so hard. I mean to tell you. There was no sign of anybody else. Everybody was literally on the floor.
2: Well, at the head of the show tonight, we teased a voicemail from Samiko Salson, our premier party person. We won't keep you waiting anymore. Actually, Anna's our premier party person. I know she's person. our second premier party person. Samiko Salson was in town this weekend promoting <sighs> her book, Happiness and Other Diseases, and she did a reading, and uh, we sent flowers to the reading. Aren't we
3: sweet? sweet! Really We're are so sweet! sweet. Hi, um, this is Samiko Sauce and I'm here with um, Philip Cohen. Hello, hello. Hi, so, kids. So, um, yeah, thank you guys very much for the flowers. I got them at my book reading tonight, and that was um, lovely. And, um, Philip, tell me what you thought about the book reading. It was amazing. We saw Sabrina Johnson, and we were gossiping. But we were talking about you guys. Mika was amazing and made a video, and I'll post it soon. Yeah. Excellent. You know, you guys disrupted my video. I mean, pardon my not my video, my book reading with gossip about you. That's not cool, but thank you for the flowers. Thanks for the flowers, dudes.
2: Um... That's all lovely, Samiko reading flowers. What was the gossip about us that they were talking about? Is there I gossip going on that I I don't no know? About
1: idea. It? I think they were I think she was talking to the other people in her on her phone message. I think maybe she was talking to Philip, but
2: No, I think she said Philip was gossiping with Sabrina about us. Is this gonna be another instance of Chris makes it all about himself again? Everybody Is that drink. what's happening? Everybody drink. We'll be drinking tea, but Samiko, congratulations on the publication of your book. And I now understand from Facebook that it's available in multiple bookstores throughout Southern California, including Book Soup and some bookstore in Venice. You posted a picture of that I couldn't see the name of. Congratulations. We love it when our party people write and publish and take advantage of the new digital publishing world in which we are all living. The old
1: fashioned print world and bookstore world. It's all great, but yeah, it's all about self expression. I really, this week has been. A chance to really be thankful to have freedom of speech I, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. it just like the tragedy is the tragedy and there's so many dimensions to it but really has brought home how much i take for granted you know like malala getting shot in the head for mm-hmm. trying to go to school like there's so much freedom there's mm-hmm. <laughs> so much and we get to come on the show and say mean things about Justin Bieber if we want to, yeah. or anybody else, and somebody is welcome to come back and say mean things about us, say mean things about Justin Bieber, without fear of repercussion, or, or you know, our lives, for heaven's sakes. So,
2: I, I thought about that. I When I first saw the story, I thought, you know, obviously, our I don't know if our show is at the level or circulation of, of Charlie Hebdo, but what if somebody came in here because they were pissed? Because we, you know, we did we did jokes in our first year. We actually did, we used to do something on the show called a provocation that was an opening prayer. And we did one that was sort of a tongue-in-cheek uh, uh, take on Islam or, or Islamic radicalism. And we were nervous. I remember we were afraid. And we thought... You know what I think we were afraid of a social media response but what if it had been somebody knocks on the door and you know decides and that you are the problem because
1: like the, because they don't like what you think
2: or, as you put it in your not report you because agree. of a cartoon right like, because
1: of a cartoon my yeah.
2: god like i believe in things that give me comfort and center me that cannot be undone by a cartoon Like I, you know, I don't. If if your
1: beliefs are so fragile that a cartoon will take down your whole religion, then maybe it's time for you to question your whole religion.
2: Right? Exactly. Exactly. And I also like the meme that I saw circulating that was a picture of an automatic weapon that said, "This is not a religion." Yes, you know this is not a religion, but yeah, it was a tough week, and I, I I do think it's one of the reasons I'm a little sensitive about people telling each other how to talk right now on social media. It's one of the reasons that message got me, you know, because I think there is a thing that happens where people get accused of doing things that they haven't done. No, you have not defamed the prophet. You have published a cartoon, which is your right to do. Right. No, we didn't bash this person. We said sort of critical things about a certain presentation of them in an ad. You know, it's it's one of those things where. Um, there are glorious and beautiful things about the wallness, walllessness and the lawlessness of the internet. I was talking about this with you the other day. There's a potential for ideas to meet up that might not have been exposed to one another previously. Arab Spring happens yeah.
1: because of social media.
2: But there is also an underside where we are pathologizing differences of opinion, where we are acting like people who disagree are sick or diseased. and And, and we're losing out on being informed and educated by those who may have more knowledge and expertise on a topic than we do, and it's a hard thing to swallow. But somebody who comes onto a Facebook thread of mine and corrects factual inaccuracies that I've posted, it's not my favorite thing, but I try to embrace it, and I try not to accuse them of trolling, or of being a hater, or of being a basher, you know? And I think, that's I just sad. wish we could all have more introspection about this. Enough
1: with the morons.
2: <laughs> and that, yeah. No, enough with the morons. There's and that's the other side of it. That's disagreeing,
1: it. and there's another side with just being a moron.
2: Yeah, and I think part of this process is, if you are a moron on the internet, someone is going to tell you. And that, that, you're that you're someone is not necessarily a bully. I have said it to people who have lectured me on the internet about public policy in the city in which I live, a city in which they don't apparently live. I've said, you know, these these things you're saying to me are not informed by facts. They're not informed by your experience. And that kind of makes you a moron. Anyway, so it was an interesting week for anyone who believes in free expression. But I, I have to say the solidarity in France has been Or the the shows of solidarity. that That
1: the leader, the de facto president of the Palestinian state marched with Benjamin Netanyahu today in Paris, along with leaders of many of the countries in Europe, in solidarity with Charlie Hebdo. That meant a lot to me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, then.
2: All right, next Happy week. New Year to everyone. Happy New Year next week. Ask us anything. That means call our party line and ask the most intrusive, embarrassing question. But if we are been... not re-answering questions from last time. No, we so are not. So come up with new questions. But the goal is to come up with a question that one of us won't answer. Maybe we'll have two prize packages. Your question that you didn't answer and mine that I didn't prize answer. Prize package, baby. Absolutely. And we will, um, We whoever comes up with that question will win something. And that's what this show is all about. You guys win. Winning crap. Winning crap. All right, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to the first Dinner Party Show for 2015. Happy New Year and
1: thanks. i to
0: a marvelous party. The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Bringing you interviews with some of the hottest celebrities who made the mistake of taking Christopher and Eric's call. I'm
1: Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And on this Sunday's Dinner Party Show,
2: you get to... Win stuff. And embarrass us. As if that's possible. Speak for yourself. I was. Oh, well. All right. It's another edition of Ask Us Anything. Call our party line at 323-PEZ-TDPS and ask us the most personal, intrusive, and embarrassing question you can think of.
1: And if you can come up with a question too personal for one of us to answer, you win a special TDPS prize package. A uh, prize package? What's going to be in that? My guess is some autographed books and a signed copy of that shirtless selfie you took last year before you ate all those chocolate-covered cherries at Christmas. Bitch! This just in, we're still bitches this Sunday, January 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific but you can ask us anything, anyway. The Dinner Party
0: Show, a new livecast begins airing every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at the dinnerpartyshow.com or through our free mobile app. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes where all of our shows are available for free anytime you want to listen.